Hello, David Oakes here with another short uh, but topical Trees of Crowd and full disclosure, I am very much wearing my Woodland Trust ambassador hat for this episode. You have been warned. So, I like trains. I am a big fan of trains. After riding a bicycle or simply being a salmon, they are one of the most efficient modes of transport that we have as humans. So, why am I opposed to one of the boldest pieces of rail infrastructure that this country has ever seen? Is it because it is set to begin the translocation of five of Britain's most ancient woodlands within a matter of days? Quite possibly. But also, this is a project that is spending funds which could be used in reinforcing existing rail networks, especially outside of London, or better still, help in the global fight against corona at the moment. If we're learning anything right now, perhaps our nation's internet links are more important to bolster business and enterprise than carving a new rail route through human and wildlife habitats. And this is saying nothing about the engineers, builders, police and protesters who are out working at a time when social distancing is so very important. Anyway, here is Lucy Ryan of the Woodland Trust to speak a little bit about something you most likely missed, and understandably so, in the news this past week. In the depth of the forest, an old oak root, the pride of the greenwood there. O'er his branches the ivy her mantle threw when the forest boughs were bare. Oh, the oak and the ivy, oh, the oak and the ivy, oh. So are you free and willing to have a little chat yeah. for five, ten minutes now? Are you somewhere safe, yep. quiet and... I am. I'm somewhere safe and quiet. So I'm in a very quiet room in the house. Everybody knows not to disturb me. Um, and um, I've got... I've actually got my son's Xbox um, headset um, plugged <laughs> into the um, laptop. So we can just kick off. Have you got any questions for me before we start? Um, no, I've had a listen um, to um, some of your previous um, podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what a lovely podcast. So I, I feel quite pleased if I, I get anything out of this. I've got a lovely <laughs> new podcast to listen to. So, well, spread the um, word. I'm slightly, well, I'm slightly addicted to true crime podcasts, so it'll, <sighs> um, it'll make a change in the depressing stuff that I've been uh, listening listening to of late so it is no, not the ravaging of ancient woodlands by hs2 limited a true well, crime uh, ready to be put into a podcast form exactly do you know what i was talking to one of our major donors about this very topic when i was thinking about all the true crime podcasts that i do listen to <laughs> thinking actually there's a massive gap in the market for um environmental crime well you should you should write the idea on a postcard send it to yourself and have the idea copyrighted for all eternity so you're ready to sue anybody <laughs> who gets there first <laughs> yes. okay Dickie, let's start by just telling me quickly who you are who you work for right so i'm lucy ryan i'm an ecologist and i work for the woodland trust and i've worked for them for nearly seven years my main area of work is looking at the impact of um, development on ancient woodland and through that the biggest case that i work on is the impact of high speed two on ancient woodland so two big questions i should probably ask you before you go on is is what is technically an ancient woodland right that's a brilliant question so ancient woodland is woodland that has been wooded for at least 400 years so since 1600 so there's often a lot of confusion about ancient woodland that people think ancient woodland has to contain 
ancient trees uh-huh. and it's perfectly possible to find an ancient woodland that doesn't contain a single ancient tree and that's because lots of tree species in this country don't live 400 years for starters so birch trees definitely don't live 400 years and trees come and trees go you know that's the natural order of things they you know they grow and they die and other trees replace them and we're talking about the the biodiversity in the soil structure as well we're talking about the it's the whole thing and that's what makes them so sort of magical so the reason why they're special is because the soil that they're growing on hasn't ever been disturbed it literally has just had trees growing on it for hundreds and hundreds of years 400 years is used as the cut-off point because of the way our mapping works in this country is that the start of ordnance survey and that kind of thing no ordnance survey is actually later than that but um estate maps and tithe maps and things like that there's quite a good record but if you think about how modern farming practices have changed over that time period these soils have never been subjected to plowing They've never been subjected to fertiliser, pesticides, things like that. So they're just undisturbed and that's what makes them so incredible. Pure, unique, untransplantable. Yeah, and they are, they are unique and they're sort of uniquely are ancient woodlands, they're uniquely British. And so they're sort of really, I feel quite strongly about how integrated they should be within our heritage in the same way, you know, that our stately homes are and our old churches and castles and things like that. They're the, the natural equivalent of that. They really are that special. Well, it's only a, a year ago, is it? A year ago where the government put the protection of ancient trees and woodlands together in a whole bracket within uh, natural protection. Yes. So, well, yeah, to, to a certain extent, but they've still not really got any protection in law. So under planning regulations, um, you now have to prove that if you are taking out ancient woodland or an ancient or veteran tree, that the reason for doing it is something which is referred to as wholly exceptional. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously we're still seeing an awful lot of ancient woodlands being removed. I mean, setting aside HS2, which is obviously a huge impact. The Woodland Trust knows of at least a 1,000 ancient woodlands around the UK at the moment that are under threat. So if that's, if that's ancient woodlands and that's what we're trying to protect, what is HS2 and why is that a threat to ancient woodland? Right, so HS2 um, is a high-speed rail um, network that's proposed proposed that's going to run in three stages from London to Birmingham, Birmingham to Crewe, and then the remainder of it, which is known as Phase 2B, runs on the west-hand side from Crewe up to Manchester, Mm -hmm. and then on the eastern side from Birmingham all the way up to Leeds. Um, It's a government-backed rail project. Well, it's been, it was in, oh, its inception was well over 10 years ago now. Yeah, it's over a decade old now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So it's been trundling along for quite quite some time. There's 108 ancient woodlands affected by the entire um, entire route, so all three phases. 61 of those are directly affected, which means they're actually going to be losing either the whole woods going or a section of the woods going. So mm-hmm. it's actually removing part of 61 woods. 47 of the 108 are indirectly affected, which means um, that the rail line or bits of works associated with the rail line are going so close to the ancient woodlands that they will be impacted in other ways so, so noise, for example vibration pollution kind of well stuff. noise vibration and things like things people things that people don't think about so for example if they're putting in big cuttings um which there are obviously a lot of big cuttings you have to dewater those cuttings in order to construct them and so in doing that they alter the water table in the surrounding area so then you'll get the water tables altered within these woods and so that will affect the woods so it's these sort of insidious changes that are very very hard to measure but cause all sorts of impacts and obviously even things like noise as i was saying before ancient woodlands are special because they're undisturbed Mm -hmm. 
if you've got an ancient woodland that's in an area that's inherently quiet and suddenly the noise regime in the area changes then that can have a massive impact on the um, animals that live there because by the very nature the creatures that inhabit ancient woodlands tend to also like peace and quiet so it's that sort of thing and that's hard really hard to measure so if this has been in the planning for over 10 years now why am i speaking yep. to you now Right. You're speaking to me now um, because the first works to actually remove ancient woodlands impacted by phase one are just about to start. Now, this is sort of controversial in all sorts of ways. So for starters, obviously, I don't want to see any ancient woodlands lost, but they've got permission to do these works. There are things that you that can be offered as a form of compensation. Ancient woodlands is irreplaceable because of the way it's formed. You can't replace it by planting trees we will not get those sorts of woodlands yeah it's back. not a case of taking down 20 trees and planting 20 new trees somewhere else no. to, to replace that no um you can't recreate and that's recognized by the government and it's recognized by hs2 that's sort of a standard scientific fact that isn't sort of a crazy green you know tree hugging fact i think i think natural england's guidelines say that uh, ancient woodland ecosystem cannot be moved yeah yeah, no, they can't. So you can't mitigate for the loss. All you can do is compensate. Now, they had offered to do something called translocation, which is quite controversial. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind this is that when you chop the wood down, you then scrape up all the soil and move it to another site, spread it over the other site and plant trees on top of it. You might move some of the um, tree stumps from the wood you've just removed, but you won't be removing whole trees. It's sure. literally scraping the soil up and dumping it somewhere else and planting new trees on the top. It's like replotting, idea... but on a huge scale. Re- repotting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The idea behind this is, um, is that the soil will contain a lot of the ancient wooden indicator species and things like bluebells and the fungi, and that you'll actually get a better quality habitat faster by doing this. But... Mm. It's very rarely done. It's, there's been hardly any done in the UK. Um, and really, it's a salvage operation. It's not, uh, it's not a sort of golden solution to the problem if you want to go through an ancient woodland. And it's almost, it's almost done when it's dormant, though, isn't it? It's not done during well, springtime. Yes. So this is, the, this is why what's about to happen is so controversial and um, really shouldn't be happening. There is not many instructions about how you go about doing this, but the one sort of set piece of guidance that does exist on ancient wooden translocation is that it should be done when the wood's dormant, and that is late autumn, early winter. And High Speed 2, in their own paperwork, said that they would do these works in late autumn, early winter. But because the project's now behind schedule, um, and obviously costs are running over, they have now decided that five woods, four of which are in Warwickshire and one of which is in Staffordshire, are going to be translocated now. Have they said anything about this? I mean, do they well, accept liability for, for doing it at a time when they're not supposed to be doing it, a time when they said yeah. they were going to do it originally? Yeah, I've had several meetings with them about this, and we have also written to HS2 and to the HS2 minister, who we are waiting for a response from at the time of me speaking to you now, um, asking why they're doing it. But they have said it's a business decision, and that's all I can get out of them. But it's a grave concern because other than the fact that this is an incredibly risky process, anyway Mm -hmm. and if it doesn't succeed you've all you're left with is you've destroyed an ancient woodland so to do it at a time that isn't recognized sort of within the professional standards as an appropriate time to do it is adding to an already very risky project but also 
as you know, we, everything's growing and all the birds are nesting. So how do you go in and remove an ancient woodland without destroying an entire nest? By the entire ecosystem yeah, gone in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. So what can people do? I've seen that Chris Packham's doing some crowdfunding to get a legal case against HS2. There are, there are activists, I presume, self-isolated in tree houses. <laughs> I yeah. can only hope under yeah. the current corona conditions. I mean, what what do people do? I, I mean, is it just trying to be buried in the current busy news cycle, this story? is it? It's, it's incredibly difficult because obviously I'm fully aware because obviously this affects me and my family as well, you know, and I'm now working from home like everybody mm-hmm. else and trying to homeschool kids and, you know, and do all that sort of thing as well. So it's it's difficult because obviously it's difficult to get this information out in the public domain because people are quite rightly worried about other things. Sure at the moment it's hard to understand why the works are pushing on ahead um when everybody else is being told to stay at home um well they've stopped the crossrail link going across london that's no longer being built at the moment so it's yes, big national infrastructure projects are on hold right now but for some reason this one isn't yes and I think they've also stopped works on High Speed 2 in London, so the works that are going on around Houston, but not the works going in these, on in Warwickshire. In these five words for trans- translocation. Yes. And so, you know, I would say, please, that they just should not be doing these translocations at this time, irrespective of COVID-19. These translocations should not be being done at this time of year. The level of risk they're adding to the um, project is just too too great it's very very frustrating very frustrating so what can people do to try and help this situation to try and raise people's awareness of it or to try and get the government to change their mind yeah so what would be really really helpful would be and i realize people have you know have got a lot on their plate at the moment but what would be really helpful is if, if you do have time please email your mp um and just say look this is going ahead and it's against what hs2 said they were going to do um just so that it's it's sort of almost like bearing witness we need to recognize that these works are carrying on and they need to be recorded as to how they're carrying mm-hmm. on and you know at the moment everybody's sort of stuck in their homes so the most i can ask people to do is if they do have time please drop a line to your um mp and just make them aware of what's what's happening well i mean I don't really know what to say other than this is hugely tragic at a time when people are getting out and about into the natural world and appreciating Mm. it on their one chance out of the house a day. It's really sad to know that we are destroying habitats through which human beings could enjoy their time more. Um, it's just yeah. all very sad. Really. Yeah, it is. And I, I know, and I feel awful sort of talking about such terribly depressing things when everybody else has got, got an awful lot of depressing things going on. But what I would say, and I was thinking about this, because I see I deal with this all day, every day, and it can be quite difficult sometimes. You know, you, you sort of stop with it. Oh, gosh, I've just dealt with people who want to destroy things. Well, there's lots of wonderful people out there who don't want to destroy our lovely habitat. And we are surrounded by lots of lovely habitat. And one thing, quite often people don't know where their nearest ancient woodlands are or where their nearest protected sites are. And there's um, a really great map you can get online, which is actually a government map called Magic Maps. Mm -hmm. And if people go and look on that, they will find out where their nearest ancient woodlands are or where their nearest um, other sorts of nature reserves. It plots everything on it. So I'd urge people while we're all sort of stuck at home and you're going out for one day's bit of exercise to go and have a look at Magic Maps and actually find out what is near where you live. Even if you live in an urban area, you might be surprised. 
uh, ancient woodlands on your doorstep. Well, there are urban ancient woodlands and, and they do exist. So it's worth having a look. But also the Woodland Trust, we look after something called the Ancient Tree Inventory, which is on our website, which maps ancient and veteran trees all over the um, UK. You know, go and have a look at that and see if the tree that you're walking past on your uh, your one day of, you know, your day out of the house, <laughs> giving you a bit of exercise, see if that's on there. You can also add trees to that if there's special trees in your area that aren't on there so i'm trying on my sort of daily run out of the house to try and sort of appreciate what's around me and sort of looking at what's on the bird feeders in the garden and 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 things like that so to just try and remember there are some really beautiful things that we actually literally do have on our doorstep well fingers crossed these five don't go and um hopefully the world when we can explore it fully in a few months time will be ready for us and we'll treat it with respect that's all i can say lucy thank you very much indeed that's greatly appreciated well thank you it's been lovely talking to you If you'd like to know more about Lucy and her work for the Woodland Trust, then head across to woodlandtrust.org.uk. If you fancy joining Lucy in her hunt for birds outside of her window, then the RSPB are doing a breakfast bird watch every weekday on social media between 8am and 9am. You may well have noticed that on my Twitter feed. And if you fancy joining forces with Chris Packham in raising funds to mount a legal challenge against HS2, then you can find everything about everything mentioned on this episode through our website at treesacrowd.fm. We'll be back to our normal format a week on Monday, um, but until then, keep well, look after yourselves, and um, and I hope you can tune in again soon. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Oh, the oak and the ivy Oh, the oak and the ivy 